belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for the third week of Advent, December 17th, 2023, is called Joy. The speaker is John Ray, and the location is Central United Methodist Church Chapel in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Well, many of y'all in here know my love for camping and for sleeping under the stars. I have dialed in my hammock, and it is like incredibly set up, and only in cases of severe weather will I retreat under a tent, because I love seeing the stars. I love being out. But being out there, as you can imagine, makes you very aware of any sound that you hear. Like you hear it all, and you hear it different when you're outside than you do when you're inside a tent. When you're outside, you hear the sounds different. Um, I've been blown around by winds. I've seen showers of shooting stars. I've had armadillos, deer, raccoons, rabbits, mice, and mongrels come sniffing around after dark uh, where I am. But you know what I've never seen? I've never seen an angel message (laughs) with a message accompanied by a celestial choir. In all of my nights sleeping outside, I have yet to see an angelic band come and proclaim a message of any kind, much less good news. Um, And since I know how hearing something rooting around in the dark, especially if you're in bear country, can really get your heart going, I can only imagine what the shepherds felt that night when they, used to hearing the different sounds and discerning what the things were, all of a sudden the sky exploded with this angel choir. And so I have to, what would you do? Like, what would you do if the sky just lit up like that? Any? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, am I really here? Is this, is this, is this the big one? <laughs> Am I going home? <laughs> um, what, I mean, what would you do if it was outside your window even? If you weren't even camping, but outside your window, you heard this sound. Um, would we believe the message? The first, the first question that comes to mind is, would I believe it? Would I believe the experience? Would I believe what, what they were saying? Could I get over the terror of it to really pay attention? to what was being said. Well, I say all that as pretext to our text this week. We're looking at Luke 2 and um, thinking about this message of joy. This is how Eugene Peterson writes the story. He says, there were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. I love that. They had set night watches over the sheep. Suddenly, God's angels stood among them and glory blazed. God's glory blazed all around them. They were terrified. Granted, understandable. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everyone worldwide. A savior has been born in David's town, a savior who is is Messiah and master. This is what you were to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. And the angel choir withdrew into heaven. The sheep herders talked it over. Let's go to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running. Found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. 
Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met that the angels had said about the child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had seen and heard. It turned out to be exactly the way they were told. This message of joy seems to be central. We see it portrayed in the Christmas lights and in the, in the various Christmas scenes out there. But joy is complicated. Joy is a promise and a gift, but joy is also an act of faith and defiance and obedience at the same time. In some ways, joy, I believe, is the goal of our life in God. Now, joy isn't necessarily the same thing as being happy. And there's lots of sermons out there that try to make a distinction between one of them and paint one is godly and the other is worldly. Not going to do that here. I think it's misguided at best. I, I mean, true happiness and joy are pretty well closely related enough that we don't need to spend our time parsing the difference. So if you're thinking happy, that's okay. Happiness and joy are definitely related. Um, as we talked and created this message this week, uh, Betty made the comment that joy is an orienting emotion, but also an integrative emotion. And if you've heard me teach on this before, because I love teaching on joy, and I love teaching how joy is should be our orienting emotion. It should be the emotion that from which we orient all other things. But I'd never contemplated what Betty said until she brought it up, that it's also an integrating emotion. Joy is an emotion that can handle all the other emotions, that can make place for them, that can help sort them out and put them in proper place. It doesn't dismiss the other emotions. Jennifer brought up about this, that um, that, that was important to hear because a lot of us are taught just in the same way that it's either you're either happy or you're joyful, that you have to be you have to be one emotion and you can't be the others then in a way it's almost disloyal to have complicated feelings to hold mutually exclusive ideas or emotions together that that you just need to ignore or shun the things that may seem unseemly or um difficult at the time with that um Finally, Laura brought that up because she commented on that. She said it was interesting that she comes from a background where acknowledging um, these things, um, the other dumpster fires in her life, I believe is the term she used, uh, can be seen as an attack on joy and therefore something to do with caution. That, hey, hey, don't look over the bad stuff. It's okay, it's okay, just move on. It's all right, it's all right, just move on. That somehow if we actually give attention to the things that are causing us pain or suffering, that somehow we're not being joyful with that. Well, some people express, easily express joy outwardly, while others nurture it, nurture it inwardly. Some people don't feel worthy to experience it, and others don't even know what it means. The birth of Jesus is a, if not the, joyful event that can overcome our sadness and fulfill our longing. It gives us meaning and purpose and a goal, but it is complicated. Telling someone to be joyful is like telling a sad person to be happy. We all know how well that works, right? 
Yes, doesn't. <laughs> For anybody who's confused out there, that doesn't work. Um, but so then we have to ask, well, what keeps us then from experiencing this joy? If we can't just gin it up, if we can't have someone just tell us to be this, um, what happens? Well, I believe one of the big things that keeps us from um, experiencing joy is we feel like we don't deserve it. Is we just feel like we don't deserve it. And we don't, we can't. But it is given to us anyway. So we need to let go of the self-sensory, of the need to earn it. Um, John Wesley said one of my most favorite quotes ever. He said, nothing is more repugnant to capable, responsible people than grace. Nothing is more repugnant to capable, responsible people to grace. Because if you accept grace, it means you, you, you need it. You've done something wrong or you, or you lack somewhere. And that's an affront to our sense of self-worth, right? Our, our earning it up. I would believe, I think there's a corollary here. I think there's a corollary to Wesley's dictum on grace. And it's this, that nothing feels more inauthentic to a serious, reasonable person than joy. Nothing feels more inauthentic to a responsible, serious person than joy. There's two responses to the message here. The shepherds and Marys, and both are valid with this. The shepherd responds to joy as something that they let loose over. They get the joyful news as something to give praise for, and they do. They get the news as something to be thankful for, and they are joyful. And man, they go shout it, and they go share it for, with others. And that is a legitimate response to the message. But Mary's is equally legitimate. She does. You would think she would be the one who would ultimately go around bragging, right? Look at my boy. <laughs> you all thought I was just, you know got knocked up out of wedlock, hold on, let me tell you what the angel said about this boy, right? But she doesn't do that. She is more that internal processor. She cherishes it. She takes it inside. She lets it permeate and, and almost ferment with inside her, this joy. Mary's is a contemplative joy. The joy is something to be quietly nurtured. She held these things deep and dear within, dear and deep within herself. And see, this gives us permission then to share our joy in our personal way. Because in the same way that not feeling like feeling like being joyful is inauthentic, oftentimes we feel like we have to express joy in a certain way. That we have to be exuberant with that. And I would say here, too, that both of these things are valid, and I think we need to practice both. So those of us who, are, who hold the things inwardly, we need to get used to cutting loose every once in a while. You, you, you just need to practice that outward expression. And those of us who are naturally the, the loud and the boisterous and the, hey, let's tell everybody, well, you know, sometimes you need to just kind of dwell on that a little bit. You need to take that and you need to think on it. You need to let it set before you cut it loose. You need to let it do some deep work within you. 
because it's important. And it's, it's actually more than important. I'm tempted to say that without joy, what's the point? And I guess I just did say that, right? <laughs> but without joy, what's the point? Where are we going? I mean, do we really believe? Do we really believe the message? Do we really believe what Jesus did, is doing, will do? That in the midst even of all the stuff, that there is hope that generates this joy with that? Many are having a rough go thinking about joy this season. I understand that. I get it. Ellen Bass wrote an incredible poem that I'm going to read. It's titled, The World Has Need of You. And this is, a, I think it relates to joy in a very specific way. She starts her poem with a quote from uh, Rilke that says, everything here seems to need us. And so her poem goes, I can hardly imagine it. As I walk to the lighthouse, feeling the ancient prayer of my arms swinging in counterpoint to my feet. Here I am, suspended between the sidewalk and twilight. The sky dimming so fast it seems alive. What if you felt the invisible tug between you and everything? A boy ride on a bicycle rides by, his white shirt open flaring behind him like wings. It is a hard time to be human. We know too much and we know too little. Does the breeze need us? the cliffs, the gulls. If you manage to do one good thing, the ocean doesn't care. But when Newton's apple fell, from the, fell towards the earth, the earth ever so slightly fell towards the apple as well. It's a hard time to be human indeed, much less be a joyful human. We know too much about war, oppression, dysfunction, hatred, want, rejection. We're weighed down with all of our own trauma and the challenges of those of the ones we love. We know how to develop technology that can destroy our planet hundreds of times over, how to create industries and ways of living that alter the very climate of our planet. We know how to control and manipulate through media for greedy ends. But maybe the most damning thing is we know that the same technological skill could be used, could be used to the opposite ends, to heal and restore, to provide without toxic side effects, but we lack the collective will and imagination to use it as such. This is where we know far too little. We yearn for a life that flourishes. We long for joy for ourselves and for others, but we can't get to it. We feel trapped, we get frustrated. We settle for ways of living that might give us a bit of relief now and then, but exact a tremendous cost later. We keep kicking the can down the road, even though the road ends in a cliff. We know too much and we know too little, but y'all, we know enough. We know enough. We have the message. A lot of the things when I was studying this were, they said the way to joy is just to remember, just to count your blessings. Count all the good things in your life. And, and, and listen, do that. I do that. That's a good practice. But I don't think that's enough here. 
It's not enough just to, to make a scorecard and say, well, at least I'm not that. At least I'm better than them. At least I don't have to suffer that. That's, there's a place for that, but that's, that's not enough for joy. I think we have to remember something different. We have to remember the message. We've received the message of when the heavens opened up and declared that the Messiah is born. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. That's the message that gives us joy. We try to replace it with all these other things because that seems so, in some ways, so artificial or so old or so, so just retreaded so many times through the ages. But y'all, that's it. That is the message. That is the message that the angels declared joy to the world about is that Jesus is born. That's what we need to remember. And that's enough. That's enough to help us overcome all that self-censoring, all that seriousness that makes joy an offense is the message of the Messiah who has come. So here's your permission slip. Here's your invitation. Here's your opportunity to be joyful. Y'all, our joyful is a declaration that evil will not win. That all of the terror and the want and the lack and the hurt that we see is not going to have the last word. That's why we're joyful. It's, an act, it's actually an act of solidarity with those who are suffering. It's not, it's not making fun of them. It's not ignoring them. It's not letting them saying, hey, we're just going to go party. You guys go suffer. No, it's an, it's, it's an act of solidarity with them. To say we will declare joyfully this message that ultimately is the answer to all the cause of this mess. We will yet be joyful. At Grace, this message that brought such great joy compels us to share it with others, to invite them to fully share in it so that they can belong to the community of those who embrace it. Whether they feel it or not, we carry joy for others where at times in my life, in your life, in all of our lives, we've had that joy carried for us by others. The practice helps us to experience the fullness of the message and become more and more formed by it. And all of this informs, informs what we confess to believe. Y'all, joy is complicated. Joy is a promise, a gift. It's an act of faith and defiance and obedience. And it in some ways, it is the goal of our life in God. So joy to the world, y'all. The Messiah has come. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. If you would like to give, you can go to gracechurchnwa.org forward slash give. You can find more about us online at gracechurchnwa.org. Grace and peace.